So today we have Teresa joining us, and Teresa was on episode 11, the Who Let the Dogs Out episode, and that one we talked about me being attacked in Malaysia by a pack of dogs. We talked about restroom hygiene. It was one of our highest ranked episodes, I must say. So I'm really was happy, it? Teresa, that, that, yeah, that you're joining us today. Uh, welcome to the show. Good. I'm glad to be back. I'm so excited. We finally we've been we've been planning this for a while now, and it's been over a year. I was visiting you um, and your family in Japan in April last year. Can't believe it's been such a long time, eh? That's right. You know, I mentioned to my wife that I was thinking about you know who could come on and and co-host with me, and she really encouraged you joining me because she she really enjoyed the episode with with you me and Simon on the same podcast and just thinks that you bring a a good pers- a different perspective you know it's a it's a female voice someone a little bit younger well a lot younger and um so i think we got some did, ideas did you just say well not a lot younger or do you say oh a lot younger i'm no, not sure i got you're a lot younger oh i well, think charming it's not really true but yeah i'll take it <laughs> Yeah, so we have you and we, you and I, have been bouncing around topics for a while in anticipation for the, the one day we may get on a, a podcast together. And so we had a few, a few for today. We wanted to talk a little bit about life under COVID, and um, for you, it's a little bit different than than my life under COVID. And and you know, we with COVID, we didn't really want to f- focus too much on it because it's such a big topic right now. Everybody's probably tired of COVID, but we still felt it was probably a good idea to, you know, share a little bit of what's going on as far as that's concerned. Then you had a second, you had an idea for a topic that you wanted to talk about uh, regarding challenging work situations. And you have one situation in particular, and I guess it's not just at work, but it could be. So we'll talk about that. And then of course, we'll finish up with our strange news story. So well, first of all, where are you recording from? So like I said, last time I was um, with you in, in Tokyo, and I think I told um, you and Simon that I was doing a round-the-world tour. I had just joined a new employer. Employer is a is a tech startup, lets me be wherever I want to be as long as I'm spending some time in our um, African markets. Anyhow, I toured the world since then. I've been around the globe once, spent a lengthy, lengthy time, especially in East Africa, which was fantastic, um, but had to be flown out of um, East Africa for COVID reasons. We didn't have a big um, problem in, I was in Uganda at that time, but the, my government, the embassy of my government, Germany, um, thought it was necessary to fly couple of people out. I didn't have a residency status. So I'm in Germany and um, I'm not and I'm living with my grandparents, which is special. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't, li- well, I haven't lived in Germany since I was probably 18 years old. So this is the longest time I've ever been back. And, you know, moving in with your grandparents has its ups and downs. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Lots of home cooking or are you doing the, some of the cooking as well? I, you know, I, I try, I love cooking. It's my biggest hobby right after traveling. And I, you know, I, I try and cook as often as I can, but I am, whenever I pick up the pots and the pans, I'm being, 
asked you to not do it. I'm say, oh, we you shouldn't be doing this. You should be really f- focusing on work. Uh, we don't want to be burden. That's basically what they're saying, right? Um, so they, it's it's almost like I can I can whistle I can I can rustle up a, a proper meal, really nice, something that I've put my all all my love into in it, and it will be appreciated. But it's under that heavy burden. It's like. Well, you shouldn't have. We're feeling so bad about this rather than just, oh, fantastic. This is great. Thank you so much. And it, and that really bothers me. Um, and, um, but is that because also- the, you're, you're the granddaughter and, and you shouldn't have to do that or what's, what's behind that? They're just so humble, right? Um, the other day, so I, you know, sometimes during the week, obviously, because I have to work, I wouldn't have time to, to rustle up a big meal or stand in the kitchen for longer than an hour. So sometimes we'll just do something really simple or we'll have something, we'll cook something large on Sunday and then we'll pre, then we reheat it on a, on a Monday, for example. And the other day it was just, oh, you know what? I'll just, I'll just make myself a bagel. And they, they heated up a can, a, a, a can soup, like a can, um, pea soup. Just, I don't know, put it in a, uh, in a bowl and they heat it up in the microwave. And I thought, my gosh, you guys, right? You should be enjoying life. You're, you know, you're close to 90. Maybe not that much time left, but you're so healthy and agile. Just treat yourself a little bit better. And like, no, that's what we have, you know, most days of the week. And I, not necessary, but it's um it's a challenging situation, challenging challenging um conversation to be had with them. Well, I think with grandparents, like I kind of imagine well, Germany, so like schnitzels and different things that grandparents might be cooking up, cooking from scratch, and this kind of <laughs> image of like you know a grandmother over a, a stove, like you know with a big ladle and a. Is that that's that's not the situation? That is, that is a thing for Sundays only. Sundays, my grandpa, my grandmother likes cooking, but my grandpa really enjoys it. Um, but that'll be a Sunday thing. So that's when we have the schnitzel and the rouladen and the you know like the um the the braten and like the big meats with lots of sauce and gravy. That's that's what happens on a Sunday during the week because they keep themselves absolutely busy it's it's really interesting i'm not sure how your parents or grandparents were after they retired but i always feel that as soon as people retire or especially when they then have a quite an advanced age they stick to this meticulous schedule um and if there's something that i want to bring up to them like i make a suggestion like oh should we just quickly go to the supermarket and you know, get X, Y, and Z, that would completely ruin their day. That Or, hey, should we just pop out and, you know, have a look, at, go for a walk would completely ruin their schedule. And the schedule being they're doing the gardening around the house, they're doing, um, looking after my brother's parents, which obviously is part of a schedule. I get that. But it's just, you know, oh, but we plan to do the laundry between, I don't know, two and three o'clock, and it cannot be shifted. It's, it's mm-hmm. a religious mm-hmm. schedule. Yeah. But then that's perhaps how they function. Um I might add that my grandpa he is um he used to be he used to work at the at the former German um border as a border guard on the on the custom he was a, he was a customs guard is that the word? Um and so you know customs he has officer customs officer exactly um and but obviously had a guarding um 
function to him with a with a proper guard dog sniffer dog and this man has been trained to stick to times and rules and and what he will do and i might have told you about this every we have a beautiful property looking out on rolling hills and the the village we're living in and he'll pick up his binoculars every 10 to 15 minutes and have a look around um Mm. there's a <laughs> it's it's like a quite scout funny. Yes, looking, exactly. Looking for any, any intruders or or just looking, is it bird watching or what is what is he no, looking for? No, he's looking for people. Looking for people and cars. He'll be like, oh, there's the neighbors walking their dog. Oh, they're taking this route today. <laughs> And I know, like I, you know, there's certain there's certain paths that I take. I know he's watching me. I know he's, you know, he's trying to see me and find me. And hopefully, I'm not lying there having broken my leg. I have at times thought about if I just pretend I'm lying there breaking my leg, how quick it would be for him to send somebody. <laughs> he wouldn't come so, galloping up on a horse or something. Ah, uh, no, I'm afraid not. He would have to send somebody. He's 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 a bit slow these days. <laughs> So what's the, how has it been living with your grandparents? It's been really nice though. It's been, you know, you, I think you, I I think it's probably the same, you and your family, um, you, you know, you otherwise has that has a job that mostly requires you to be in the office and go on business trips. Um, you get the opportunity of working from home when you want to. But I think we all have realized that this is also precious times. Um, you get to spend so much, you get to spend time, so much time with your kids. I get to spend time with my grandparents who I know that statistically they don't have that, you know, they don't statistically have that many years left. And so it's, Mm. I'm trying to get as much out of this as I can. And I've heard a lot of people say that about having been home with their kids. How's it for you? With you living, living with your family, I was going to say. How is it? How is it for (laughs) You've you've moved back in, I hear. Living <laughs> more kidding. with my family, I guess. Living uh, more with your family, exactly. How how is it? You know, it's it's been, it's it actually has not been. It's terrible even to start it. It's not been that bad. Is that sounds awful to say? I guess we all have heard about people working from home with families around, and that it's been extremely challenging for some families to suddenly ad- adapt to that. Kids of various ages, all of a sudden they're home and, you know, you're forced to work from home and then the kids aren't in school because schools have closed entirely for the rest of the year for us here in Japan. And so we've, I've heard lots of people with challenges, you know, you've got work calls and kids are coming in from behind or you can hear them banging around or they're knocking on the door. It's very hard to get privacy. I'm very lucky because my wife has pretty much taken over the 100% responsibility for them and doing their schoolwork. And mm-hmm. so I'm I'm helping out a little bit. Like today I was helping my daughter with, with an assignment. Actually, it's a kind of a mini podcast, which I was really excited to do because that's what I like. That's something I'm very passionate about. Um, it's it's not it's been okay. It's been okay, and I think for us the biggest disappointment is that this wasn't how we planned to finish our time here in Japan. Yeah, these last couple of months were intended to be you know go see the things that we haven't seen, and 
enjoy the last couple months we have here. And and unfortunately, the kids aren't going to get a chance to say goodbye to their friends, not in person. Um, and or you know that sort of final day of school is, is just not going to happen. I think the the only time there's going to be anything at the school is when we just go pick up some personal effects, and hmm. that's about it. And everything's been done online, and it's actually I have to say the school's done a pretty good job of all that, but it's not how we had planned to finish out our final days here. So it could be worse. Yeah. I mean, we're we're able to go out. Japan hasn't quite been as restrictive. We've done our own self-distancing or social distancing. So we've been avoiding going out to any, like some restaurants are still open here. There was a state of emergency declared. They have since lifted it as of uh, last Monday. Offices can start, people can start going back in, but they're doing it kind of under a staggered approach. So we're just kind of laying low. There's no point in getting anything before we head back. Um, So the testing has been, there's much less testing going on here than in other countries. So I'm a little skeptical about the numbers and we can only control what we can control. So, um, but yeah, it's not been too bad here with, with the family. It's, um, it's been good. The kids are pretty good at respecting staying out when I'm on a call, they'll, they'll stay out. And we, I guess one of the things we've been trying to do is try to keep a, a schedule like the kids the time of the day they they kick off is consistent usually consistent each morning and then right. i try to do we try to do lunches at the same time every day from 12 to 1 so i don't schedule anything or i try not to schedule anything between 12 and 1 so that's nice to have that consistency and then um i pretty much wrap my day up at, at five ish like and then that's it it's done because that's the one thing you're hearing too is that a lot of people have these it's it's been difficult to shut work off even more than it was before because you're actually not changing your scenery at least when you finished work you got on the train maybe and had that time period or got in the car and went home now it's mm-hmm. like finishing work is a matter of just getting up from a chair and walking up into the kitchen you know so yeah Oh, I feel I feel exactly that. Um, and now, obviously, for my grandparents, for them, it's even harder to probably understand the idea of working. I mean, to, it, it's getting better, right? They're seeing other people working from home. They're hearing about it in the news. But privy, but any time before that, their my work was a mystery to them. And mm. when I, you know, you obviously when you've been on the phone talking to people for for a long time, and you 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 want to have this wind down time, the time on the train, the time tra- traveling back home, just to wind down and detach work from private life that's about to come. And I have these moments too where I just then. And I'm I'm always by myself. I'm some I'm a loner in a, in a positive sense, and I just need that time. So I you know before I then go upstairs to see them, I need to take that time. And it might be just watching a funny clip on YouTube or just just staring out onto onto the scenery that we have here for a moment, just to detach myself. Um, because otherwise they wouldn't understand if I went up to them straight away and I'd be like a little bit worked up. I know that could easily lead to not arguments, but tension in a way, right? So there needs to be that time of unwinding, so to speak. 
Um, I, I want to clarify something really quick. Um, I early on when I spoke about me having been repatriated from Uganda, I think I said something that there wasn't much of a COVID situation. And you just spoke about Japan. Um, with that, I meant there isn't that many cases. There's there might be less testing, but in general, um, a lot of African countries have responded really well and really fast to mm, um, mm-hmm. you know closing their borders. There is obviously a massive situation in terms of lockdowns, which has having a huge impact on people's lives. There's curfews. Um, there is people that are out of jobs, and it's it's affecting the economy um, massively, just like anywhere else in the world. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah, and if you you also said it got a little bit violent, didn't it? Where you could hear gunshots yeah, and things like that. Yeah, it it, it well, yeah, exactly. It um, the the day when when we properly went into lockdown, that meant that in in Uganda there is a lot of um, moped taxis, and it's it's the biggest means of Sorry, transportation. Um, like a moped, te- like a mop. Uh, that's a, yeah. Moped is 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 a little. It's a, it's a little bike. It's not a bicycle. It's a little motorbike. Okay. You, you that that is that is a word that's used in in England. I'm pretty sure a moped. Never um, heard so that it's, word it's, a, it's a it's a it's a motor taxi, motorcycle taxi. Um, it, you know, you just wave a guy down, and it's um, I they're called boda bodas, and they are after agriculture. They have the second largest impact on the GDP, and these guys were then told you're out of work, no more business for you, and so wow. then you know these guys they. You, they, they make just money daily. They don't necessarily put much money to the side. And then market stalls were shut down. And then these are people selling vegetables. And you, they don't go into the car for where I did my shopping, right? That's not possible. So the, the, why, the effects sorry, why were mass. Well, the, the average, um, the average Ugandan, the average Kenyan probably will not be able to afford to shop in a Carrefour. A Carrefour mm. being the big um, French supermarket brand, right? Carrefour, okay. And, yeah. you know, you go to markets and markets were shut down. So, um, what I was, I was just getting to that there's not, there wasn't that many cases, there isn't that many cases, but it's a massive situation there, obviously. Well, I'm glad you're back in Germany and with grandma yep. and grandpa or Oma <laughs> and Opa, I think you say in Oma German. Oma and Opa, yes. <laughs> Good, yeah. Well, do you uh, plan on letting them hear your podcast at some point or this podcast? They they don't speak English. Um, they um, I I haven't even gone through that. I've told them I was going to be on the phone with you, who they know from you know talking about you and mm-hmm. and a mutual friend of ours, um, so that they know I'm on the phone and probably shouldn't be disturbed. Um, but Does that I do- have its advantages <laughs> that they don't understand English? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's um for you, I mean. They they would have heard heated arguments about work, me being um, you know, um me talking to friends about my daily concerns, me about bitching about the situation here, though I must say 90% of the times it's just wonderful here and um I am enjoying it. People are asking me, so when are you off again? Soon we're allowed to travel again and people are expecting Teresa, the first one to fly out again. I'm not. I'm waiting. I'm I'm not even inclined right now. I don't want to get on a plane. I don't, well, most African countries, the borders are still closed, so I can't get in anyways. Um, mm-hmm. I 
don't have, I'm not inclined to fly to um, South America right now. And I'm not inclined to go to Spain or Greece or anywhere. So I'm not, I'm going to stay put until I'd say um, August quite happily. I do miss the traveling. I do like going. I, I like traveling. Like some people, yes. when they work, they say, oh, I hate to travel. It's exhausting. It is. But I'm always, I've always been excited about taking a trip somewhere. And yep. I was lucky yep. in my job that I got to go to some places. By being here in Asia, I got to see a lot of things. I don't, a lot of places I don't think I would have saw as as a result of working in this region, I got to see some places. My family got to see some places so that we would not have, like, going to Singapore or to Malaysia. These wouldn't have been things we yes. would have done. So Absolutely. it's been amazing for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's it's these times where you, you know, who knows what's ahead. And, and I'm pretty sure what's ahead is, is going to be positive. But in the wealth of experience and things that you saw – Let's just say there was a world out there where for two years our entire travel system was going to be disrupted. And um, people who, and I'm pretty sure business travel is going to pipe down quite a bit, regardless of, of Corona. Um, just from this, a lot of companies are going to be like, oh, look, worked fine then. I mean, by all means, get on a plane if you really have to sign a contract in person somewhere or if... Otherwise, you're not getting this deal across the line. But other than that, we're going to be very diligent on which trip we're going to let you go. And yeah, um, in which right. five-star hotel you get to stay during that trip, right? And um, I'm a bit sad for that because that'll impact me. It'll impact both of our jobs probably. But I think there might also be a world out there where we – where it's It'll be like almost, it's, it sounds cheesy, a bit of a better world world where we won't miss these things um, because, I don't know, we've started appreciating other things. Mm -hmm. And I could drag on now, but that, you know, it'll lead me down a path. So I'll stop there. So yeah, this is the time when we talk about a little product or a service that's bringing us joy or some sort of pleasure. Um, I, right now, am enjoying the use of my Nike Running Club app. So today I ran 16 kilometers. It's the longest I've ever run in my entire life at once. <laughs> and I have this app, this Nike Running Club app, and it has these guided runs on it. And the guided runs are literally somebody that just talks to you as you're running. And it's it's a pre-recorded thing, but it's timed to kind of know because it monitors the app for the distances you're going and or the times that you're running and it chimes in every, you know, they'll talk for five minutes and then it goes quiet for a couple minutes. And I was thinking today, if it wasn't for this app, it would not, I would not have been encouraged to run the 16 kilometers. So I just, I set it for two hour run. I got this great coaching kind of thing going on and I'm really happy. And so I'm proud also of running 16 K for the first time in my life. So that is close to a half marathon. Getting Very there, well yeah. done. I'm so impressed. I have, um, I have been, since I moved and the weather here is so nice for workouts, I have been working out a lot too. Um, I, and I'm gonna, I was gonna say another product, 
but I, I'll chime in with that. I am using the, I have a Garmin watch and the Garmin watch is attached to a Garmin Connect app. And it, you know, it monitors your sleep, your, your, obviously your pulse, your stress, um, um, your walks, your hikes, all of the workouts you can, you can plug in there. And if it weren't, same thing, if it weren't for that app, um, I would not be where I am right now. And I've just finished today's 31st. I've just finished um, one month of working out every day. Um, and I I might look That's into awesome. the, um, the, the running, the Nike running app that you mentioned, because I am not a runner. I like to cycle. I like to hike. I'll do some sprints in the middle, but I'm just cannot get myself to run. But I do know that once you do, you just, you know, you do 60 seconds and then you stop and then you do 60 seconds mm -hmm. again. Maybe, maybe I'll get into it. Thanks for mentioning that. Okay, so you brought a topic today. I'm I I have a sense of what you wanted to talk about, but I don't really yeah. know how to introduce it. So why don't you do that for us? Yeah, I'm I'm happy to do it. So I had um I had a talk at work the other day, um, just in general with um our our manager. Um and we were just randomly just checking in with each other and we're touching on just broad, how are you feeling and how's it going, you know, and because we had a strategy change, so we want to do a check-in. And the topic diversity and inclusion came up. Um and um I'm queer and and you know, uh, my senior stressed how proud he was how of our generally very diverse team, which we are not just orientation wise, but also um, backgrounds, um, racial diversity, religious diversity, and so on. We're very diverse. It's it's great. Anyhow, later on, I went onto a walk, and I'd been sitting with me, and I wondered, you know, what if, like he he pointed out how how good and you know how how great it is that I can be that I'm so open around me being queer and I thanked him for letting me be open and then it occurred to me what if this was a sort of a criticism like Teresa turn it down a notch <laughs> it's like mm. I, it, it, it was a ghost in my head and then it lent, sent me down the following path what if um if I'm open and I'm and I'm out to people, if somewhere somebody in a team, and this could be any company, it doesn't matter. It could be a large corporate, it could be a small startup. Somebody came up to a manager and said, "Look, I know, I know, Christina. She, I know she's gay, um, and I'm I I I can accept that, but it makes me feel awkward, um, and I." just I'm just I'm feeling awkward around her or him um I I just wanted to say that maybe we can switch desks it's just not my thing mm. what are like what is a what is a boss supposed to do and it led me down to think that well is it okay to say something is it un pc does somebody is are you entitled to feel awkward around and in this in this case i'm talking sexual orientation um is it okay to feel awkward around a homosexual person um do you have to keep quiet when does it become politically incorrect because if i just simply say i just i cannot get comfortable with that person around me there's something maybe i was brought up to still think there's something wrong with that and that's why i'm uncomfortable like what what is the stage at which a boss will have to handle this 
will a boss have to say, well, you know, I, I'd like you to keep quiet about that. I'm asking you ex- to accept that or otherwise you'll have to leave. Hmm. Do you see where I'm getting from? Oh, I absolutely like, do see it. Yeah. Because everybody is obviously entitled to their opinion. Um, and if the opinion is it's making me feel uncomfortable, that is valid. But nowadays it would it be discriminating? Well, the first thing I think about it is the alternative is this person broods in silence and has yes. all these feelings but doesn't say anything. And I guess one question is, could they take that and deal with it somewhere else? If they if they have this challenge with it, do they go and seek advice or some sort of counsel outside of the office and come to some type of terms with it or explore it or they could just be angrily brooding now i would i would imagine that if they actually came forward then they actually do have a i guess it would depend maybe how they came forward if they came forward in a listen i can't work with this person they're gay and i shouldn't have to work with this person so you need to deal with it versus I'm a little uncomfortable and I'm not too sure what to do with it, but I wanted to make you aware of it so you understand that I have this challenge. So I think it really boils down to how is this approached? But I like the, I do think it is a great question. It is a great question about whether just by bringing it forward, are they by nature being a discriminating or discriminatory person or like, yeah, what is that saying about that person? And if you're the boss and you have someone come forward like that, what do you, what do you do? What what do you do? I think it just for me it depend would depend on how they approached me. If it was, I'm struggling with this and I'm I'm sorry, but I needed to bring this to your attention, and then you have some kind of a conversation about it. Yes, I agree, and that's that's exactly the point that I was trying to get at with this. Um, you know is how does a manager deal? And I think it comes down as to how this is represented. But then I wondered, is an admission per se discriminating? Um, Is it, um, I mean, it would, it would take some, it nowadays, obviously, to even admit that you're struggling with somebody's um, sexual orientation, being homosexual, being queer. Um, That is, is it's, it's I guess it's almost unheard of like you'd have to really have some guts to come forward with these feelings and I think as a boss I'd be like well thanks for being so open with me about this I appreciate that um and then probably take it from there um you have to trust your boss too to bring that forward yes um and it made me it it just um now, obvious in in my case, right? I have never flaunted my sexual orientation, but I'm just I'm just out there to everyone in the team. It, it doesn't mean that I tell them any details of what I've been up to, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, so there, I could to? you know I could imagine that then somebody says like, "Look, I we don't need to hear what Teresa has been doing on the weekend. We don't need to hear about anybody if it if it's something some intimate details, you know." Right. So that right. I think it doesn't matter. Right. But just simply being out there, um, and I just wondered, and I do sometimes feel that because we have colleagues around the world, and 
in in Uganda um, um, being homosexual or or engaging in 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 homosexual acts is still illegal right so you yeah. cannot be out mm -hmm. there you have to be really careful about it so so naturally i'm i was for a while or i'm i've never flaunted it but i thought god what if i if just somebody knowing that about me made them feel uncomfortable and it's it had never occurred to me because when you yourself you're queer you just don't think that that there's a chance of that because I'm not uncomfortable by somebody being queer around me because that's who I am myself. Um, well, that's a, so the question around like safety. I mean, you are you have traveled to countries like you said where maybe it's it's illegal or it's. Were you ever scared about like what if your colleague mentioned it over a drink with somebody from there that this information is now out and is that did that ever scare you? Yeah, um, I was never in any situation, but that's when um, I could be more open about it. People know it about me, and that's that's it, right? Um, I definitely, I do remember a time in Uganda that was October, probably October, November last year, where there had a was it a something? I'm not sure if it was a petition, but a, a request to to reintroduce the death penalty again um, for um, for homosexuals. Um, and then others who had lived there for a longer time say, yeah, it's a topic that comes up every once in a while. Often, and that's people, again, having lived there for a long time, they say it'll be used when it they're trying to cover up bigger things happening in the government because it mm. causes such an uproar. Because mm -hmm. there is there is a... There is a gay community or a community that fights for gay rights, uh, but it's still illegal. Anyhow, so when that when that when that came up, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know, you gotta you want to be careful who you talk to. You wanna, and if it piped down to, I don't know, even like um, your browsing history of of watching um, homosexual porn, for example, right? If if that could be monitored and traced, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. if it just if it spread around me, I've no, I've never feared for anything, but I just. It was, I was careful around that. It was one of the things that obviously bothered me because, you know, I, I could not be entirely the person that I am. So I have a question for you around this topic in general. Um, so when, when did you come out? So I came out to probably to, a, and it, it, it in, in waves in in circles so the the probably more so to my um circle of friends first of all in switzerland that was sort of the age of like 24 where i had then like a first time girlfriend um and i came out to friends and bit of colleagues there um in london then later on i moved moved to london there i gradually like i fed it into you know wherever i was feeling safe also um uh the the large corporate that i worked there um a lot of the the colleagues knew knew that about me i came out last to 
parts of my family and closest friends in terms of the ones that I had grown up with. Um, I've got one particular friend here in the region that I've known for, oh God, I mean, yeah, since we were in high school. And I have only just come out to her probably one and a half years ago. Um, and she said, well, I always had a feeling you were, you were not entirely straight. Um, and my family, it's, um, that my brother's side of the family was last summer. Um, mm. oh, wow. and grandparents, I don't think, I don't think they know. Um, I, I have never spoken to them. They, they must have a hunch probably that, you know, I'm, you know, less likely to bring home a potential husband. Um, yeah. And I know this kind of went went personal to you with this topic, but... I don't mind it. I, okay, so queer versus gay. What What is... Is there is there a definition of those two? Or you just decide... You, you all use the word queer versus gay. I like use the word queer because I... Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I'm a bisexual, but I, I just don't like the word. Um, I think, well, a lot of the commu community um, thinks it's not inclusive, inclusive enough because bisexual means, or they, they figure the term then says there's only two genders when there is multiple genders or multiple mm. gender identities. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, you could argue that bisexual to me means I'm either attracted to, you know, I'm attracted to just both um, male and female, and I'm not attracted to um, any other gender identity, which in my case isn't true, right? If I met a non-binary person that I liked and be attracted to, that would already make me, there's <laughs> another term, pansexual. And I think that's, mm. again, I just don't like, it doesn't roll off the tongue nicely. I think queer is a wonderful term and it sounds, I, just, I think it's a nice descriptive term, queer. Um, and, I, and I like it. The term pansexual, first time I ever heard it was in a show called Shit's Creek, which is a, a comedy, Canadian comedy, where there are there is a two characters in the show on the show one is pansexual and an actor on the show is in real life pansexual and that's the first time i ever heard that term so i had to look yeah. it up by the way good effort if that person so in in the in in the film industry there is um a, for the past say maybe i don't know maximum five years it's not not very long it has been a large outcry and a request to um have actual people who who are pansexual who are homosexual who you know play these roles so um we both watched the show um, billions and there is a non-binary um person um yep. and that first person time i is ever saw that too was in that show learning about the whole they and and how that that was a whole fantastic. unknown area for me yeah. yeah. And so in, I don't know, if, if and there's a lot of movies, films out there where um, somebody that is, um, um, you know, it, so there's a character that's aimed to bring diversity to the to the film, but it's actually played by, I don't know, a straight white male. Right. Um, and, and so there's an outcry from the community saying like, hang on. No, then then put in put in an actual gay man or a gay woman 
or in in this case um for for um i think her name uh, their name is taylor um in in uh billions. in billions yes so they are taking an actual non-binary person otherwise it could have been played by any person whose character is just non-binary there was a, a movie called Short Circuit. I don't know if you ever saw it. It's about it's probably thirty years old by now, but it it's the lead character is an is an Indian man, but he's played by a non-Indian person. He's like played by, I think, a Caucasian, and they made him look same story. Indian. And so it's interesting. And there's a there's a show. Um, it's a comedian. I forget the name of the show right now, but he's he's an Indian and in the show, and he actually talks a lot about that in his. He he's a, plays an actor in the show, and he's going around to auditions, and he's dealing with some of that type of thing. Like I think he's constantly getting typecast for Indian roles. Like mm-hmm. they want he doesn't have an Indian accent. I think he's born in the United States. His parents are Indian. And like he's going to auditions where they're saying, "Well, can you do an Indian accent? Because we need an Indian character here." And he's like, "Well, no, I'm from the United States." He's like, "Okay, well, can you do an Indian accent?" And there's like kind of like, is that like being true to yourself, or is that sort of contradicting something? If you're Indian by nature, and then they want him to like speak in an Indian accent, you know, like a which is almost the reverse of what I almost said, right? So they, you know that person um, fits a certain stereotype and they're being pressed into it. Whereas on other occasions, you're taking the standard white or or female or male and pressing them into something. So it, it goes, you know, there is enough talent out there to fit and, and make sure that it is more inclusive in its truest sense. Um, mm. it's, a, it's a very interesting topic. Okay, on to our strange, weird, interesting news segment. So I found this article, and I have to say that this particular animal has been appearing a few times in our weird news segments. And um, so the headline is, and this is from UPI.com, where I tend to find a lot of my articles, but I did find a couple other sources. So I I was a little worried about fake news type stuff. So I did back check it with a couple of other sources. And it, it is true. And the, now the headline, the headline is, Monkeys attack lab worker steal COVID-19 blood test samples. Uh, right. And where has that happened? <laughs> well, funny enough, we were talking about India and it happened in India. So it says here, local authorities. Yeah, so a group of monkeys, <clears throat> a group of monkeys attacked a laboratory assistant in India and ran off with three coronavirus <laughs> blood test samples taken from patients, authorities said. Local authorities said the lab technician was carrying three blood test samples for COVID-19 testing. And when he was attacked by a troop of monkeys that quickly fled with the samples, <laughs> one of the monkeys was later caught on video chewing on one of the stolen <laughs> samples while sitting in a tree. So bizarre. Officials um, at the medical college said new blood samples were taken from the patients so that testing could be completed. Said medical experts have raised fears that the monkeys could cause the virus to spread more quickly if it is determined that the patients who were being tested were infected with COVID-19. Boy, 
How does that? <laughs> there that is so story. many layers to this. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, why do they want these samples? Like, how did they wonder well, why they no, were? No, no, I think, wait, I think that, so here is my first idea. So, I mean, why did they want the samples? And that's, you know, you could drill into like, were they trained? Are these monkeys spies, perhaps? But no, I think realistically, we're looking at a case of, and you, you'll have heard about this, um, very soon when I think, and this, this must have been, I believe, in Thailand, where you must have seen this in the news as well, because there was less tourists who fed the local monkeys, the monkey took it upon themselves to make sure they're getting food from somewhere. So they gathered in groups and gangs, and they're like making sure they're getting their food from somewhere. So I, my first idea is I'm putting this news, this piece of news to these monkeys were just hungry as less people feeding them india has gone through lockdown so less people on the streets leaving garbage around that they can go through mm -hmm, and find something mm -hmm. to eat so these monkeys now people are starting you know when there's somebody on the street they're like okay this person has likely something on them that we want and just imagining mm -hmm. that 99% right. <laughs> chance a monkey doesn't know what a blood test tube is in this case, unless <laughs> it's fled from a testing facility and it's taking seeking oh, revenge. <laughs> so many layers. God. I mean, yes. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm just, am I just rationalizing this? Is there more to this than meets the eye? I, so, who, knows? who knows? So okay. Maybe once they do the, a little more investigating, they'll they'll trace the monkey. Yeah, the laboratory <laughs> monkey idea. That that never thought of that. I mean, maybe it was just so. Okay, rational thought is these monkeys were just seeking. You know, because humans have food on them and they were just thinking, okay, maybe I can find a bag of nuts here or a Snickers bar. But it is interesting to think, you know, were these, you know, is there a monkey community of, we know our cousins are in your laboratories. We're seeking revenge here. And we're, we've, by the way. This sounds like a really bad horror movie. By, by the way, we've heard that there's this virus that's killing you humans. Um, we have an interest in spreading this because you're doing this to cousin cousin Jimmy <laughs> in in the lab. We want him out, and we're going to take the human. We're going to take humankind hostage and going to erase you. It's very interesting. And then I like. No, I don't like this, but I do like the layer of the story where it. <laughs> said that the monkey was spotted um, chewing the testing tube. I think that's, I have a gory image of, you know, blood trickling down his mouth yeah. and he's like, yes. sort of like gnawing on this. You know, these test tubes, they're quite, if you ever had one in your hand, is you know, it's this sturdy sort of um, uh, plastic, obviously. I would imagine it's quite hard to chew unless he, you know, took the little cork off. And just yeah, yeah, like a, like a swig of whiskey or something. Oh, yeah, um, good one. Um, what's your take on it? Yeah, I uh, I never thought of the whole, like, it could be, you know, a, a laboratory monkey that decided, or may, either a laboratory monkey that escaped and, and is seeking revenge here, or a, a family of monkeys that knows, that, yeah, like you said, like, Cousin Bob, the monkey got rounded up and has been... <laughs> undergoing these terrible experiments for the last while let's let's uh 
let we'll show that we'll show them we'll show the humans uh we'll take this uh pandemic um and and spread it even further and uh, yeah that's uh that's interesting i never thought of that i think your your take on it is probably the right one which is the monkey saw the package or whatever they're carrying this thing in and thought oh that's what normally well even not normally food would be in it but they're they're known to be stealing that's something that food could be in glasses anyways right you go to this tour and didn't you have a monkey story from malaysia as well um we had the dog story but i think there was a monkey element somewhere in one of the there was the monkeys that killed the guy with the bricks (laughs) all right there was it was a bunch of monkeys that had gone to like a a, a abandoned building or a building that had been torn down and they gathered bricks climbed up into a tree and then when somebody was walking underneath it they all just started raining bricks down on this guy and killed him so as far as i'm concerned there is data supporting my second um theory on this um but but well what i'm saying i mean they're prone to when you go into very touristy areas where these monkeys are regularly being fed you're being told like well you know hold on to your to your sunnies hold on to your water bottle because they'll just take anything so um on the contrary right there is there is so much evidence that just because they don't speak our language, but they can be taught sign language, like they have their, you know, they are among, they're not just doing cute little sounds amongst themselves, they are communicating. And there is, I you know, maybe I'm stretching this out too far right now, right? But is there any evidence against the fact that they could know what is going on like that they are understanding there is a disease going on right now and that it has to do something Mm. with medical personnel um so there is um that could be a great if you're interested great topic for the future um how intelligent some um um animals really are and how they socially work together elephants and orcas come to mind you um there's been yeah. there's been you know elephants have been known to seek revenge on villages um i believe lions have done that too um in a in a sense so you know it's it's us human beings who are kind of who haven't we're expecting the intelligence, but we quite haven't cracked the code. And I don't think we're seeing the bigger picture of how much feeling, emotion, and um, empathy there is to a lot of species. Well, I think that's a good place to end it. Thanks so much for coming on today. And uh, I do hope that uh, we can do this again soon sometime. Same here, Clark. Thanks for having me and um, stay safe and have a lovely rest of the weekend. Same to you.